Hi there! Welcome to the Healing Unscripted podcast, where we talk about all of the complicated, beautiful, infuriating aspects of healing. I'm Megan, and I am so glad you're here. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Healing Unscripted podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that is so incredibly important to me, and that is the entire concept that it is possible for you to heal. Now, that probably seems a little broad, and that's because it is, but I think so often, so many of us really struggle to imagine a world in which we really can heal and actually get better. I know for me, for a really long time, I genuinely believed that I couldn't get better. I wrote so many journal entries and poems and stuff about this idea that there was no better for me. There was no significant improvement that was really possible for me. I thought I was going to be sick every day, forever, and I don't want you to be stuck in that headspace because it's it's really not true. The truth is everyone has the power to heal. Everyone is capable of healing. And it might be messy. It might involve a lot of back and forth. It might, you know, not exactly look like a straight line from point A to point B, but it is possible. And I think that's what we really need to focus on here. So let's talk about some reasons that people believe that they can't heal or they can't get better. For me, the biggest reason I thought I couldn't get better is because I have a chemical imbalance in my brain that causes some of my mental health issues. And uh, it seems, based on the medications that work for me, it seems like I don't produce serotonin correctly, (laughs) which I know is the case for so many people out there. And I thought that because my brain didn't produce these chemicals correctly, that meant that I was going to be sick forever. And no matter what I did, you know, the medications could help it a little bit, but for the most part... Um, I was just on my own and uh, things were just going to be hard and rough and bad forever. And that's largely because I was on the wrong medications. I wasn't taking medications that affected my serotonin levels because I didn't know that that's what was wrong for a long time. And now that I do know that my main issue seems to be my serotonin, um, I take medications that help me produce it in a healthier manner for my brain. And that has made a huge difference for me in my ability to see that better is actually possible for me, that healing is possible for me. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're considering medication, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to push medication. I'm not here to scare you away from medication. I'm just here to tell you about my story and my journey. And for me personally, getting on the right medication made all the difference in the world. I actually think I saw a psychiatrist and back when I was on the wrong medications and she looked at me, she looked me dead in the eye and she said, I don't know why you're on this. We need to chill you out. (laughs) And that even in the moment, it was funny, even though I was crying on her couch and I was a mess and I was anxious and I was so keyed up and all of this stuff and 
she got me on a medication that has really changed things for me. And I'm not going to tell you which medications I'm on because everybody is different when it comes to medication. So just because something worked really well for me, that does not mean it's going to work super well for you. And so I'm not going to go into specific medications. Just know that it's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor or an SSRI. And it works really well for me. It may work well for you too. Um, I'm also currently on an antipsychotic, um, an atypical antipsychotic, which we recently added into the mix because uh, my suicidal ideation was getting a little uncomfortably strong. And sometimes mixing SSRIs with atypical antipsychotics actually reduces um, suicidal thoughts. And that has actually been the case for me. So that's been really incredible that we have found these medications that have really worked for my brain. So all of this is not to say like, hey, go to your doctor and get on 18 million meds. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I am saying, though, is that there are options out there. There are possibilities that maybe you're not considering right now, um, including medication. Medication is a huge avenue uh, that can help heal mental health issues. And I think so many people are so afraid of medication. And don't get me wrong, I understand the fear. I was terrified of medication. That's why I stayed on the meds that didn't work for so long, because I was so scared to change them, because it took me so much courage just to get on them in the first place, that I was like, if I change them, I'll, it, who knows? Who knows what it'll be like, and I won't be able to handle it, and it could make things worse, and there could be side effects, and it just scared me. So if you you're afraid, I absolutely understand. I'm just saying for me personally, getting on the correct meds has made a huge difference when it comes to seeing the possibilities for actually getting better. Hi there, everybody. I just want to take a minute to interrupt this podcast episode to tell you all about my program, Neurodivergent Magic. Get shit done in 24 hours or less. Executive dysfunction is one of the number one problems for neurodivergent folks. And if you don't know, executive dysfunction is basically when you really want to do something, you are trying to do something and you just can't get yourself to do it. This is one of the biggest issues amongst neurodivergent people. And I have learned so much on how to cope with it that I want to pass it on to you. In this nine-week group coaching program, we will cover both the emotional side of executive dysfunction and the practical side. So you will learn practical tools for how to cope with it, but you'll also tackle the emotional blocks that make executive dysfunction come back over and over again. If this program sounds right for you, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. I would absolutely love to see you in Neurodivergent Magic. All right, so we've talked about the chemical imbalance being a reason that some people, like me, thought that they, you know, could never actually get better. But let's talk about the other side of the coin. So when it comes to mental illness, we talk about nature and nurture being parts of how illnesses, are, you know, occur. And the nature part would be the chemical imbalance, and the nurture part would be the presence of trauma or a toxic environment of some kind. And sometimes when we grow up in these types of environments, we start to develop very negative core beliefs about ourselves and about the world around us. And when that happens, one of the beliefs that can sometimes form is this idea that I'm never getting better. I will never be lovable. I will never be okay. I will never be safe. And oh, if, if you're in this place, if you're in this headspace, my heart absolutely goes out to you. 
because this is such a painful place to be. And I was here for a long time. I believed that because of all of these things I experienced as a child, I thought it meant that I would never be able to have a healthy relationship with myself or with some important people in my life. I thought it meant that who I was was inherently toxic and that I could never truly get better because the way I was formed was wrong. I felt like I was formed incorrectly. I was made incorrectly. I was built to be an incorrect person. And it felt like there was no coming back from that. And the truth is, the truth is that that's just not true. That's not how it works. So when we're young, there are influences that can obviously have a very negative impact on us. And if that was the case for you, um, just know that I'm in no way trying to invalidate that pain or that reality. I do understand that those formative experiences can be truly painful, but they don't have to define the rest of your life. They might define you right now, and that's okay, and I get that, and I'm in that with you. But the thing is, life is long. Life is really long, and sometimes that feels intimidating to me. But it's also, that means it's full of opportunities and full of chances to grow from these things and grow through them and past them until suddenly you look around and you realize that this thing that used to consume your every waking moment has just sort of faded from your mind. And I promise you that this is possible and I know it because it has happened to me. I used to be obsessed with my mental health, absolutely obsessed. And as someone who runs a mental health uh, blog, podcast, YouTube channel, you might think, oh, well, she's clearly still obsessed with her mental health. But to be honest, this is nothing, nothing at all in comparison to what it used to be like. It used to consume everything. All day, every day, all I thought about was what was wrong with me. What diagnosis could explain what was wrong with me. That's that's just all I could think about. I thought about it 11 hours a day, every single day. And I couldn't tell you exactly when all of that changed. I couldn't tell you what the change was. All I know is I got on the right medication and I started doing trauma work. And then one day I woke up and I realized I wasn't obsessed with it anymore. It had just quietly faded from my life in the most beautiful and amazing way. And if it's possible for me, then I know that it's possible for you because I am not somebody special. I am just a person out here trying to heal from some brain stuff and some life stuff that has messed me up. And if I can do it, I know that you can too. As always, we're going to end this episode with a guided meditation, and I really hope you stick around for it. I think it's going to help you feel seen and heard, and I hope it inspires you and helps you realize that healing is absolutely possible for you. So without any further ado, let's hop on into it.
Let's start by taking a nice deep breath in through the nose, holding it for just a moment, then releasing the breath through the mouth as slowly as possible. Take another deep breath in, and this time imagine you are breathing in all of your pain. Imagine all of the rejection, bullying, shame, and fear entering your body. Picture your lungs processing all of that bad stuff, filtering it. Imagine the bad things filtering into your blood, becoming part of you as your heart pumps them through your whole body, from your fingertips to your toes. Imagine those bad things taking up residence in your body. And now when you exhale, I want you to picture pure, unadulterated love and light coming from you. Imagine that your lungs have absorbed all the bad, and now all that's left to exhale is the good, the bright, the joyous. This work might feel heavy. It might feel hard. But this process, breathing in the good and breathing out the bad, is evidence that you are more than the bad things that have happened to you. It's proof that you really are capable of healing. Every time you take a breath, you prove how good and worthy you are. Let's try it again. Take a deep breath in, breathe in all the bad, and now exhale all the good. Do not run from your pain. Take it in, accept it, and in response, let the light of your being be known. Despite it all, you are here. And what a wonderful gift to the world, your wondrous existence on this planet. Healing is possible for you. You are worthy of healing. You are enough exactly as you are. Peace be with you.